Forgotten Heroes, everybody, where we talk about comic book heroes and villains and their lesser-known or well-known variants. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm here with my very good friend, Zach. Zach, how are you feeling? Good. I feel like we should have done this back in February. or Well, actually, that's not true. It's better that we're doing this now because um, June's almost done. Yeah, and we wanted to make sure that we celebrate it here properly uh, over Forgotten Heroes because 50% of the original podcast likes men. So there you go. <laughs> well, I, well, hold on. We want to go original. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I'm not going to be technical like that. No. Yes, half of the half, – half, literally one of us, and we've never shied away from it. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, I've, I've mentioned it before, I think. But, yes, yeah, I'm by, And we also think it's important to celebrate pride in the current – state because they are here um and their lives matter so fuck anybody else who thinks otherwise you can and if anybody seriously. thinks that uh, just we're not getting too political but if anyone thinks this is a new newer development go look at uh the natural world and history so damn straight we got science on our side science loves gay people and so do we so we're talking about <laughs> here on this episode uh but before we get into some of our favorite couples from comics and some recommendations for you guys on where to find them. Um, let's start with what we've been reading. Zach, how about you start? And then I'll jump into mine. Okay. So I've been reading a lot since you've been gone. You have. Which you're back now. Thank goodness gracious. I am. Which I just realized. Back. Yes. Peek behind the court, cur- curtain. Curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. Um, this episode is being recorded after the the one our one on Adam Warlock, which now that I think about it, this one's coming out before that. So oops, my bad. We're so, literally oh, we're doing the Adam Warlock thing where we're from the future but we're going back in time. Yeah, if you don't understand what the fuck I just what the fuck Chris just said next week. You'll You're see not gonna it. understand <laughs> it until the episode comes out. I feel exactly. like Ken the Conqueror. <laughs> oh, this is great. Anyways, what have you been uh, fixing your eyeballs on? I read a lot. Um so I read Judgment Day, Avengers, X-Men, and Eternals, which I just call it the Axe event. Yeah. Um, really, nothing of nothing, to my knowledge, has come out because of it, after it. But it was just still fun to look, read and look into. It's literally just, all right, so X-Men are um, immortal, and they have and they can come back, and they're their own nation. Uh, and the Eternals also, after dealing with Thanos being in charge, learned that the, the mutant gene is actually because of deviants getting their DNA in the human DNA. Mm-hmm. So, and the Eternals' prime purpose is to, you know, control excess deviation. So, what are the mutants if not ex- excess deviation? And they have their own country. They've conquered Mars. They're in other planets. The Eternals are like, ah, no. Yeah. So they have to deal with that. And the Avengers are obviously like, whoa, hold on. Yeah, trying so hard to be the peacekeepers. I mean, those those issues, I feel like a lot of times they're such big events that it's tough to meet the hype. It, they're just kind of like big fight issues, and then stuff is like relatively resolved at the end, with maybe one bad guy hinting at plans, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this is... And then I also read Batman Dark Victory, which is a sequel to Batman The Long Halloween, mm-hmm. which this one actually, I think, this is when Robin shows up. Uh, yeah, this was very good. I like the art style. This is actually written by um, Jeff Loeb and Tim 
Sally, Sale, I don't know how to say, say it. Very good art style. Mm. Um, Strange Adventures, which was which is my Tom King, which is written in the Tom King, Mitch Jurdis, Evan Doc Shanner. This is um, kind of in in lieu, not in lieu. This is like the Mister his Mister Miracle run. Mm-hmm. So it's very twisty, very turny. It's not all tor- told in chronological order, which is very cool. It actually has uh, Mister Miracle punching a very renowned doctor from the planet of Ren, who's like a very, you know, old, old, uh, older gentleman right in the face. He's like, you punched me. It's like, you see what this, he's like, he's like, see this fair play, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Pretty much like, damn. Mr. Miracle's kind of underrated, honestly. More people need to know about him. It's very, I want to, sorry. He says, you, Earthman, you dare touch me. He says, you hit me, I hit you. What the fuck think? What the fuck you think fair play means? <laughs> I'm assuming he says fuck because there's obviously you know asterisks or whatever. It's very cool. It's a very cool Elseworld story. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy by Al Ewing, his run, which is um, Guardians of the Galaxy issues one through eighteen, Rocket one through six, and some annual stuff. It's very cool. I think at the they at the end of this, what is it? Uh, Peter Quill becomes some god or some or god godlike powers and stuff. Very cool. Um, Doom Patrol by Grant Morrison. The Doom Patrol is already weird, so you're gonna get a, a I don't want to say a nutcase, but a very out out a very abstract thinker like Grant Morrison to write this book, and that shit gonna be nuts, right? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of the weirder ones if you like weird stuff. I don't, I don't think yeah. we've talked about Doom Patrol too much. We should maybe focus no, on the future. No, we should. Yeah, and if you want to watch, then you should watch the show. It has, um, I think Brendan Fraser plays Robot Man. That's true. He does. I did it's hear very about cool. that. Uh, I read Dark Web. Oh, yeah. I mean, which was good. It was good. I liked it. It's just the ending was like, miss. Yeah. But cool it was new cool. suit. Like, like the new suit. Hopefully we see it in the new Spider-Man game. Chasm suit yes. was red, but like. I don't know. Also, I mean, Ven- <sighs> Venom, Venom being there was weird. Yeah, that uh, there, was weird. There was no point in him being there. I agree with Ka- you. Kamala Khan only was there because she's, God. for some reason, in Spider-Man's book, which, I mean, recently... They're also doing had... her so dirty recently. Like, Well, they killed her off. Spoilers, not really. Which is I stupid. F- I feel like they... Like, why? For no reason. She was barely in the book, and they just killed her off. No, they got rid of her. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, Dark Web was interesting. Um, I will probably continue to protest the Black Cat and Mary Jane team up because that's stupid, and you will never convince me otherwise. But I've also read. I just like Black Cat. Uh, Mary Jane is boring. Black Cat's um, fine. Mary Jane sucks. We are Mary Jane haters here. If you don't like her, that's say, fine. But we don't like her. Or if you do like I, her, excuse me. I wouldn't say I'm a hater. I just don't like her. I'm, I'm a, a hater. hater. I'm fully okay. a hater. <laughs> you can, by all means, you're a hater. I just don't like her. Yeah. Um, and then the IDW Volume 2 collection of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh, nice. Which is issues 13 through 20. And uh, it's got some one-shots of uh, micro-series hmm. and a mini-series of the secret secret history of the Foot Clan. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. So, uh, what have you been reading, Chris? Um, I have been... Well, the funny thing is, the couples that we're talking today, two of them appear in two of the volumes that I've been reading. So it's kind of 
funny coincidence. Um, I read, I'm mostly through the Runaways Complete Collection Volume 1, um, which is Vaughn, Alfona, and Miyazawa's run. Um, they are interesting. It's a really nice sort of coming-of-age story. I like how, I don't know, I, I like the idea, it sounds horrible to say in comic books, but it's it's almost like a shared trauma because of all of their parents being supervillains and them sort of like picking up the mantle and banding together. It's a really nice coming-of-age story. It was more fleshed out than I expected it to be. Um, and we're going to talk about a couple of the characters today with the um, episode. So if you like sort of, if, if you're if you're really into origin stories and you're into team ups big time, Runaways is perfect for you. Um, yeah, great. Love how the team dynamic works and everything like that. Um, I also read Far Sector um, and really enjoyed it. Normally, I'm not really a Green Lantern guy, but this one was really cool because it was like murder mystery Green Lantern on like a huge scale. Really, really cool. If you like whodunits. Um, if you're not super sure about a Green Lantern, I will probably start recommending this to people. I really enjoyed it. Um, as far as implications for larger runs and things like that, didn't have too much to do with that. You get a couple uh, old faces um, as well as a new one at the helm, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Very, very good. Um, and I have completely run through The Authority, which I loved. Uh, I had so much fun with The Authority. I'm going to continue to read as much as possible. This was just volume one, um, so, you know, from first to last. And yeah, I was holding volume two hostage from you. Oh, my God. I don't blame you, dude. It's so good. I love the – I am, like, fully converted now. Very excited for James Gunn's authority screen time. Um, and it's going to pop up here. It's just sometimes – I'm probably going to get hate for this. Sometimes I get sick of the no-kill rule. I really do. And sometimes it's just like when, when I'm in a like a little bit more of a mood where I'm just like, man, I had a shit day. I need to see some people who like get shit done. I'm just going to come home and read The Authority because like it's a little bit more it, it's twisted in an interesting way. It's grounded in an interesting way. They're a little bit more realistic. The morality is a little bit more. There's more of a spectrum of morality and choices and consequences. And it's interesting. You know, if you like Telltale games, if you like superheroes, if you like morally great characters, check out The Authority. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, this is not a paid sponsorship, by the way. I just really like The Authority. <laughs> but um, We could get paid. James yeah. Gunn, if you're listening. James Gunn, hire us, please. Um, so now we are going to jump into some couples from DC and Marvel. We're going to be talking about both. Uh, but... This is going to work a little bit weirdly. We're not going to like so much go through the couple's history because couples in comic books, notoriously, I mean, once again, it's a large term because they break up, they get back together, they span a bunch of different issues. So we could put together a full on timeline for each couple, but we felt like that would be a lot. So we're going to introduce the couples. We're going to talk about who's a part of it. We're going to talk about their dynamic, what we like, um, things we might have want to see change depending on how it rolls with the story and give you some recommendations and move on from there. That way you guys know where to start. And if they sound like they're interesting to you and their powers and their dynamic and what they're involved in sort of links with greater events that you've been wanting to check out, we can get you on, on the path to reading about them. So, um, and they will all be queer based because as we said, it's pride. So we're going to start with a relatively well-known couple for those who are 
still reading comic books, which is Wiccan and Hulkling. Um, they are relatively new. I want to say that they we didn't get their origin 2000s. story for a while. Yeah, they're two thousands. They're newer, not newest. Um, we didn't get an origin story for a while. We're actually going to tell you where to find the origin story. Um, but they're interesting. Um, Wiccan is more magic based. Hulkling is obviously a Hulk. Um, mm. Comes in the name some. Well, yeah, good point. It's I'm kind of generalizing it. I guess I'll, I'll go over to the specifics for you there, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> because I oh, think you I'm, want me to do, I'll I, do the specific. That's fine. I'm not doing Wic- justice to him. Please help. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Wicked. Okay. Wicked is Wanda Maximoff's one of Wanda Maximoff's twin children. That after House of M, their souls got blasted into pretty much two different families, and by in two different directions. One was born in California. The other one was born in. New York. I'm pretty sure Wicked was born in New York. But they are still twins because they look pretty damn identical for being born of two separate families. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wicked, uh, Hulkling is the, I don't want to say bastard son, but is pretty much the bastard son of Cap- the original Captain Marvel and the Queen of the Scrolls. Um, let me just double check here real quick. I want to get her name correct. Oh, yeah, it's another one of those. Um, Mar- yeah, so Princess Aline. Oh, yes. Yeah, she is the Princess of the Scrolls. Um, and I can tell you, funny enough, some of his own uh, bad guys are his own relatives. Like, I'm pretty sure his grandma actually... Yeah, his, his scroll grandmother caused some shenanigans yeah. more recently for him. Um, but, and he's also... Hit, yeah, so he's got a half... So Genus Vales is half-sibling. Father Vales is half sister um they're actually teddy ultimate altman and billy kaplan their mm-hmm. real names they're married and they're adorable they are uh, um their dynamic is interesting but it, it yeah. works really well and i mean one of the things you're going to run into with superhero couples a lot is how their powers mesh well together and how it like conflicts or sort of aligns with their personal belief i feel like both of them have like a fairly good sense of self and if not they continue to develop it what like well alongside one another um i feel like this is a great example when hulkling i think it's hulkling becomes emperor um and wiccan shows up and he has to sort of like keep himself composed and when they're finally in you know quarters by themselves he just sort of like loses it and breaks down and holds on to wiccan and they sort of like hold each other and support each other and i feel like a lot of their relationship is about self-identity but like in a positive way um i like how they write their characters because it never really feels like super toxic they both have so much that they're dealing with, Hulkling with his family, and Wiccan with discovering his powers for the most part. Now he has a much better hand on, on them since he's like more of an established character. Um, that th- there's so much that they just sort of like come together through that, and it's, it's beautiful. Which is funny because of um, oh god, because of Hulkling, the Kree and the Scroll. Um, yeah, they. They are not, their war is done and they're working together mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, he literally serves as the olive branch. You're absolutely right. 
you know, and he he serves as their like messiahs basically representatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason why he was Hulkling is because when he first joined the Young Avengers, um, he he did it. He took up the identity as a Hulk because he was just big and green. So they're like, oh okay. I mean, Wiccan was also pretty much. Um, I believe he was called as Guardian at the time. Mm-hmm. But then he, you know, they both they both gone on. Um, journeys of self-discovery, and I and I love it, especially when they've done it together. Yeah, yeah, they're um, they're a great couple. They are. Uh, one one is now basically the emperor of space, and the other one is his court wizard. I think is his mm-hmm. title. Yeah. Um, I want to move on to another. I think, right? You moved. You spoke about um, the Midnighter and Apollo, which those two are just Batman and Superman analogs, and yes. I love that it's just like their hus- their husbands, and it's adorable. They might be my favorite couple on this list. Like, honestly. I I jokingly talk about how like Apollo killing people turns midnight turns um midnighter on, but honestly, wouldn't shock me <laughs> if he just like sees sees Apollo beating the shit out of somebody super powerful. And Midnighter's was like, damn, I love that man. Like, right. I would not surprise me at all. They're another really great example of like um just how to write a realistic relationship between two gay men. And honestly, I think the, um, let's say realistic in a superhero universe, but you get what I'm saying. I, I think the the world around them in the authority lends itself to more, more, I say that in quotes, more realism, like I say, kind of like how the Ultimates lends itself to more realism. Obviously, realism mm-hmm. is not something we talk about a lot of times with superheroes, but like because of that, huge like spectrum compass of morality that i spoke about when i was talking about reading the authority um that also can just like influence characters in a good way and also influence couples in a good way and also create conflict and adversity for them to overcome in addition to them being like super powerful and have all this influence and i think they've literally won awards for their depiction of how their relationship was drawn and written and yeah they're wonderful together. It's like, it's a weird thing, but it makes I sense. Have to, yes, I have to talk. I want to mention this one couple because mm-hmm. it's so funny. The <clears throat> the um just how this couple came to be. Okay. Batwoman and Maggie Sawyer. <laughs> so Maggie Sawyer for a time, I don't know if she still is, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but she might be um the question still. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, but. Batwoman, Kathy Kane, which came out in the late 50s, who showed up in the Batman comics in the late 50s, she showed up because Congress was breathing down the comic book industry's neck because the dynamic duo might be a little bit too dynamic. Yeah. Which, listen, for me, you want, you want your character to be gay, fine. But I think it was less of it was two men and more of it was a grown man and a teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> It's more creepy than anything else. Right. So they made Kathy Kane to be pretty much Batman's girlfriend as Batwoman. Right. right. The funniest thing is that in 2006, Kathy Kane got re- remade and she calls herself Kate and she's a lesbian. Yeah. And Kathy Kane or Catherine Kane is actually is also her cousin on. I don't know. Somebody's fucking side. Doesn't matter. Maggie Sawyer apparently was you know, outed as lesbian by Lex Luthor because he's an asshole. Uh, and she's a she's a police officer in Superman's in Metropolis. So mm-hmm. 
He threatens to ruin her career with that information. Uh, and then Maggie and Kathy, who are tough as nails, you know, they're tough as nails detectives, and they hit it off with each other. And I find it hilarious. Yeah, the fact that it was that like not- a character who was made to get rid of possible hints of LGBTQ in the 50s is gets reimagined as a lesbian. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, the, the fact that she also took no shit from Lex, too, on top of it and being proud of herself. Um, Batwoman's not necessarily a huge standout character, and I think she gets done dirty a lot of the times, but this is definitely something to celebrate her character for, for sure. Yep. Kate just Kane's like, Batwoman, at least. And just like, I believe this is the same couple that I think of in Wakanda Forever. Yes, Or one of them is. is. Yes, you are correct. So Io and An- Aneka, Anika? Um, they uh, are. It's, it's written, unless they say it to us, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, they're members of the Dora Milaje, similar to um, in Wakanda Forever, like you mentioned. Um, they they end up sort of like absconding together um, after, I believe it's I, oh no, Anika um, confronts sort of like this horrible, malicious chieftain and deva- demands that he stop mistreating women of the village. Um, and he refuses, so she just straight up kills him, which goes directly against the Dora Milaje's code, against taking the law into their own hands. They're meant to sort of defer that to the king or to the Black Panther. Um, so she is actually sentenced to death for her crimes, for choosing to be judge, jury, and executioner. Um, and Io actually can't bear the thought of seeing her march to her death, um, and they are not technically out at this point they are with one another but it is not something that is publicly separated or excuse me publicly celebrated um and so they abscond but io actually saves uh anika anika from her execution and they both leave with a bit of midnight angel armor from the wakandan armory um which is also showed in wakanda forever um, and only the elite of the elite are meant to wear such armor. So <clears throat> they take off with some pretty good gear. And together they end up like roaming the country, killing any man who dares to abuse his power um, by abusing his female subjects. So it's <laughs> they work together really, really well. And they do eventually make peace with Wakandan's rulers. It takes some time because, you know, they steal pretty high tech stuff. And she's also running against the law. They have sentenced her to death. Um, but. As of this year, they had their own uh, line launched June 14th. They have their own series. So you can literally just follow their story from beginning to end, um, which is great. And more than we can say for a lot of couples on this list that are sort of like fragmented and um, split up between um, issues. That's the word I was looking for. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea not one that we haven't seen before but i like that it's with dora milaje because i feel like they're often slept on and they really are they're one of my favorite groups just like in comics and i love that they were represented well in the movies you, you know, know who also slept on who's that the first ever green lantern and no i'm not talking about how jordan <laughs> before how you jordan, say anything. like how jordan like barry allen is the second of the names mm-hmm. their respective names no i'm talking about alan scott green lantern Oh, yeah. Who appeared originally in 1940. Yeah. OG, OG. Yes. Um, so, obviously, you know, he reboots, resh- whatever. I, on Earth 3, sorry, Earth 2, shit. On Earth 2, in New 52, 
mm-hmm. Alan was going to propose to his, who was gay. Um, I think he was gay for a while, but I'm not. I don't know how often they talked about it because before it was yeah we know it's Alan Scott Greenland and he's with the Justice Society. He has two children. Mm-hmm. Um, gee, I forget her brother, but he also he's called Obsidian and the, the, uh, his daughter dated Kyle Rayner. I think she's like Green. I forget her code name. She's it shows you how important she really is. If I can't remember who the hell she is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I totally be honest because of him having a son like Obsidian is cooler than him having you know a girl that's also green light and fire and so, it's like yeah but he gave birth to a guy who's all darkness like that's fucking hilarious to me <laughs> anyway on Earth 2 he was going to propose to his boyfriend Sam Zhao um, however due to that being his also his origin story <laughs> post reboot mm-hmm. Uh, Sam dies in the train crash that they're on, but um, Alan Scott is saved by the basically heart of the Earth. And he becomes um, the Green Lantern of that Earth. So he becomes more like a champion of the Green than a, a even like fire magic Green Lantern. But even then, on Earth Zero, on the main DC universe, even now, and actually talks about Infinity Front, in Infinite Frontier. He comes out to his own kids as gay. And it's funny enough because Obsidian, his own son, is also gay. and mm-hmm. But he's never... Todd Rice barely... It's never really hit it before. He's like, I don't give a shit. He's, he actually... Um, he, he came out of the closet... Obsidian came out of the closet years ago. And, um, you know, he was... He was... Um, he's an interesting... Like I said, he's an interesting character. Todd is very cool. I think he shows up... Him or his sister, or both of them, show up in Stargirl, which I have to keep watching, but oh, they're really? there. Yeah, they're oh, there. I didn't know that. He's been, he's been, he's been out for a while too, from what I remember. Oh, Obsidian has been out for uh, for years. He's like kind of one of the first that I remember reading about. Honestly, I'm not super familiar with him because I used to do DC less when I was younger in Marvel, and now I'm switching. But like, he's been out for a while. Oh, he has. Um. But to kind of, and I'm sorry that I'm moving right along real quick, mm. but to talk about the first ever gay wedding mm. was North Star, Jean-Paul Bau, Bau, I can't, it's French, he's Canadian, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, Babouche, I think. Yeah, Jean-Paul North Star and uh, his his husband, Kyle Ginadou. Gine, mm-hmm. I'm sure I butchered that too. Uh, North Star was part of Alpha Flight. Mm-hmm. So can- Canada's um, Avengers. Uh, funny enough, he bravely but ham-handedly revealed his orientation in Alpha Flight 106, where he literally jumped at the reader screaming, I am gay. <laughs> See, I didn't know that. Uh, That's why. Thankfully, he has had more subtle characterization and better dialogue since that part. Um, and again, they had a whole issue, like not even a whole issue. I think like a whole book of their wedding. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome. Like, I think everybody came to that. Oh, yeah. It was a big deal. It was kind of like a, almost like Hellfire, Hellfire Gala level. Whole big thing. I mean, it was a whole issue. And they're also part of the five years later run, too, um, which was like huge. So, yeah, they're a pretty big deal. I do want to... Uh, Go back a little bit, because I know you really wanted to talk about North Star and Kyle, but I want to bring it back to Obsidian real quick, because he is 
he is he's not related to, but his story intertwines um, with Kate Spencer um, and how he who he chooses to be with. So he ends up dating um, Damon Matthews, who's a lawyer who ends up working with Kate. Um, and he's also one of the interesting examples of a superhero who is dating a human like North Star and Kyle, um, which is always an interesting dynamic. And I always, I feel like it always ends in tragedy. That's the thing. I think North Star and Kyle, North Star, North, ooh, North Star and Kyle I believe they're still married. Am I correct with that? I haven't seen any. I'm going to double check because last time I saw North Star, he was on Krakoa. So, right. Which that's been very heavily, um, you know, no humans. But then also last time I checked, fucking um, the Kingpin is on Krakoa because of his wife, you know, Typhoid Mary. So why not? <laughs> uh, he yeah. Uh, North Star is. Yep. He's still married to Kyle. Cool. Um, awesome. I think he. I just want to see Kyle. Yep, Kyle lives on Krakoa. Cool. So Interesting. That's very. That's very funny. Yeah, it's just. You Last know. I saw, Obsidian and Damon were still together too. But honestly, with the superhero and human dynamic, um, anything can happen. It wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't surprise me if I was wrong about that. Um, but I do think Obsidian's Obsidian is important to mention. Um, Because he's been out for a while. And we don't have a lot of early 2000s at least. Maybe 90s. But um, probably early 2000s. And having a character with that type of representation um, that early in comic books is nice. Because of what Zach mentioned with the whole, you know, um, sidekick being a little too much of a sidekick type thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, since it's us, we have to mention a weird one. Uh, Moving right along from Obsidian. And, and North Star, we need to talk about uh, Monsieur Mala and Brain. Um, so this is one that Zach sort of turned me on to. I was not familiar this, with this one. This, I, for me, it's this funnier like a, to think like a, about. Yeah. Because it's a Cartoon Network show pitch, honestly. No, because it, for me, first off, they're also in Doom Patrol and it's very funny. And they act like a couple of men. Of course And it was, it's hilarious to me. Like the brain's trying to say something, and then Mister and then Mister Mala keeps pressing like the the blender, and he's like, Mala, stop! <laughs> it's like what? It's like we will take over the. Will you stop that? <laughs> it's very funny. Um, but now it recontextualizes a lot of things from the Teen Titans show, because if if you haven't seen it, Mister Mala is a, I, I guess French. He kind of has like I guess he's had like an accent. Um, Seems to be a gorilla, a sentient, you know, talking super intelligent gorilla. Yep. Um, apparently, thanks to the brain's science experiments, and the brain is just a human scientist's brain in a jar. Until he finds a root body, and then they confess their love for one another. But right, which is it starts out with feelings of weird, just a brain, <laughs> which is pretty odd. But and then also apparently because you you. You also said that he gets a body. Yes. He he did, and then it blew up. Right. Yeah. His robot body. The whole thing just goes awry. But yeah, I mean, they were happy for a time. I don't know if they're still together. Honestly, I I wouldn't know. Like I said, June Patrol is much more area, your area than mine. But it's well, got it. Also, just weird as hell, and I and it's yeah. funny. 
it's got to take the cake. One of the weirder couples that I've seen um, ever. So uh, this next one, we're going to keep moving right along, uh, is in the Runaways that I mentioned earlier. Um, for those of you who don't know, like I said when I was discussing it, it's about a bunch of superpowered teens, um, and all of them have devoted themselves to fighting evil to make up for the fact that their parents are supervillains, and it's about them discovering their powers and figuring out a team dynamic and stuff like that. Um, one of the teens is named Carolina Dean. Um, see, she is a – forgive me if I get this name wrong. I had to write this down. Majestanian? She is a race of a solar-powered alien, essentially, um, and they have actually been at war with the Skrulls for years by the time that she meets Zavin, um, a young gender-fluid Skrull. So it's actually two aliens who are here with the Runaways who find commonality in that, which is honestly really sweet. Um, and Carolina's tired of, like, having to hide her true alien appearance from everyone. Um, she agrees to go on Zavin with, like, an intergalactic road trip and – you know, they confess their feelings for each other and it it's honestly really great. And I believe the road trip is what convinces Carolina to get to know Zavin well enough because um, she wants to marry them. Um, I also think it's interesting that the, we have a gender fluid scroll. Um, I think the idea of gender fluidity in general is not really discussed enough. So to see it represented in comics, albeit with an alien that can change you know their appearance a little bit a, a little bit on the nose for me but once again comic books have come a long way so i'm not going to complain but i am going to nitpick a little bit um that being said they're incredibly sweet and i love that they have the commonality for both of them sort of not only dealing with the issue of the parents of what they all have in common but that neither i would of them say from the surf right for the difference here's the thing for me with, with and you're it's fair with the scroll thing, because they're shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. For me, though, the scrolls still have gender. Yeah. So, like, the super scroll's still a dude. You still have queens, princesses, princes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. Is it a cop out for a for a gender fluid character to also be a shapeshifter? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But you have to also think, even amongst their own people, Zaven still might be weird. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's like, yes, you could sh- turn into a human female or a male f- or a male human. Who cares? But I can't I can't help but think Zavin also just is completely like gender fluid, non-binary, whatever. I don't care. Do do you do you boo boo as a scroll. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. For me, it's like on the surface, it's a cop out. But when you really mm-hmm. think about it, it's like, but is it really like even amongst the scrolls? Yeah, maybe. I think that that's an area for larger discussion, and I, I like that you're thinking that way. Um, it's just something that I notice, and once again, I'm very nitpicky with this type of stuff. But yeah, I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just saying, like, no, that's I know. my it's, point of view. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's kind of why we do this. But um, I also realized that I forgot to mention something that the road trip that they went on, so that um, Zavin could figure out if um, they wanted to be married um or excuse me carolina figuring out if they wanted to be married to zavin i thought i had that wrong um is actually a little bit of an alliance between their warring home planets so it starts out as something that's not necessarily super genuine but they start to really understand each other as time goes on yeah i think when they come back they're like um (laughs) 
It's like, oh my god, you you're both back, and they're like, yeah. I mean, we we were gonna get married at the end of it, but uh, somebody on this side said something to the other guy, and shit just went off, and five, we just fucking left. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> like that's beautiful. I'm I'm like, that's funny. It's like you were gonna get married. Yeah, we actually do like each other, except you know, your distant uncle said some shit to my distant aunt, and it's fucking mm-hmm. exploded from there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, animosity starts and then it blossoms wonderfully. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, there's a lot of good representation. It's nice to see that we're getting a little bit of an uptick in things like the gender fluidity sort of concept and applying it to heroes, albeit a shape-shifting alien. Um, I think you wanted to talk about Thunder and Grace, right? Because you were much No, I didn't want to talk about Thunder and Grace. I want to talk about Shrinking Violet and Lightning Last. That's who it was. Yeah, go for it. So, and it's because, listen, if I, you have your characters of just like, you get any chance to, you know, talk about certain characters, uh, it's the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking love the Legion of Superheroes. They don't get enough love, and fuck you if you tell me that they're boring. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so shrinking violet and lightning glass shrinking uh, lightning glass is the sister of lightning lad mm-hmm. and lightning lord one is good one's evil i think you can figure out who's who <laughs> or i don't want to say evil bad we'll say bad um since they debuted in the early 60s but due to you know comic book authority and whatever um they they've had relationships with and have also fended off unwanted advances um from male members of their teams Mm -hmm. alia apparently dumped dated and then dumped timberwolf and salu was dating a duplicate boy by the way all these names of boy lass lad yeah those are kids names and they're not always kids forever but who cares Okay. They don't care. They're like, listen, it's like calling me super. It's like calling somebody Superman. I don't care. Even you know, a Superboy. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, but whatever. Sometimes they change their names to like woman, girl, to like woman or whatever. Right. Anyway, apparently they've been. They got together in the five years later storyline that actually ran for five years. Oh, did I get that mixed up with Northstar earlier? I did. You did. They're not. Um, in, mm, my mistake. Okay. They're not in five years later. I was wrong. <laughs> They're X-Men. I am wrong. <laughs> um, but they weren't allowed to openly acknowledge the romantic relationship because of the writing back then. But after that, and, and after being erased from existence, because apparently nobody likes them, which you're wrong, mm-hmm. um, the writers basically said, fuck it. So, because the censors aren't strict, as strict. So now they can kiss, share a bed, talk about the relationship. They can do everything but show, you know, sexy fun times behind closed doors. But again, Lightning Lass is, you can tell by her her powers are shrinking violet, same thing. Why it says shrinking violet, I don't know where the violet comes from, but who cares? Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, some people could say, like, the Legion has too many characters. I agree. However, it's still fun to read. Because guess who else has too many characters? The Justice League. <laughs> yeah. So so just, many so many oh my god so many members. Like I don't know who like, and like that's that. the thing is like I don't know who's you know active member who's on the reserves. Yeah. None of that. 
So don't come at me with the Legion of Superheroes is a goddamn Legion. I know it is. That's their name. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Anyway. The soapbox. Wow. I think that's the first time we've heard of Zach's soapbox in a long time. It's been a long time. And, like, the most obvious non-heterosexual couple is Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. But we're not going to talk about them because they have a whole, a whole fucking show about them. They do. Yeah. Your resources for Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are abundant. That being said, I think it's another one of the great examples of a really non-toxic relationship when Harley sort of like comes into her own after all the shit with the Joker and then hooks up with Ivy. And I mean, I wouldn't say non-toxic. The only thing, it's not toxic between the two of them, but they... No. Poison is abound for both of them because... But also just, well... (laughs) God damn it. But also... Poison Ivy pretty much said, Harley, you need to get over Joker. How are we going to do that? We're going to go to Sanctuary. You're going to murder Joker clones. Like, yeah. uh, that's not that healthy, but okay. You're both Once psychopaths, again. I guess. Do you really think healthy methods would help Harley Quinn? No, that's true. Uh, I feel like Ivy kind of realized exactly what she needed. But yeah, they're a very positive couple, and they're also very new. But they were one that were speculation for, like, a long time, for, like, years. And I think it got I announced, back like, in. 2014 2015 that they were actually dating yeah i think but pretty much back in batman the animated series yeah that was when the speculation first started because harley quinn debuted in that show so it was that was like the big deal yeah you are absolutely correct so those are couples that we have run into um we are gonna give you some recommendations now harley quinn and poison ivy you get you don't need help with that Watch the show. They're, like, they're all over the place. This is the one time I'm going to say, you can do it, kiddos. I'm going to push you out into the world. Y'all can figure it out. Um, that sounded demeaning. You're not kiddos. I love you. I appreciate our fans. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, but uh, streaming Violet, you can find it. Streaming Violet and Lightning Last, five years later, and anything from the Legion of Superheroes after that. Um, Wiccan and Hulkling. I know we started with them first, but I want to. they have the most. Young Young Avengers, Avengers Children's Crusade, Empire with a Y instead of an I for some reason. Um and The Last Annihilation. Yeah. Last Annihilation is their how they met and it shows up way later in the story. I thought it was. No, this is that's the last annihilation from what I understand is I mean kind of a little bit probably, but also like Last Annihilation. I feel like it is, tells us how they met. It does, but the main focus is them after Empire and what the hell they right. do when they have to deal with nonsense. Yeah, so even I was going to say, even though Last Annihilation gives you an idea of how they started dating, don't necessarily read that first because you'll you'll be farther into the developed storyline and less things will make sense. So it's better to just yeah. like start off with Young Avengers and move forward from there. Um, Midnight Air and Apollo, fucking read The Authority. Done. Right, yeah. <laughs> Good. All set. <laughs> Um, North Star and Kyle, the wedding issue, astonishing X-Men, uh, number 51. Yeah. I think was North Star part of X-Factor. I think he was part of X-Factor in the more recent X-Men Krakoa run. Cause I yeah. think it was I like, think you're right. he had some, some about his twin sister. I can't remember. You're going to see the most of them within Astonishing X-Men around that wedding issue, though, because that's when they really start to come into focus. So 51 is the wedding issue. Go a couple issues before it or a couple issues behind. You'll get some extra information on them and their stories. And then Io and Anika. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I'm understanding, they have their own series now. Indeed. It just let, well, they have their own series. 
um, number issue number fifty seven launched June fourth. Oh, so it's voice. It's uh, Marvel Voices. Yeah. There, theirs is number fifty seven. Indeed. Or so. you know, go watch Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. <laughs> True. They have like maybe two scenes together, but that's also a great movie. But yeah, their story is pretty great. Um, is that everybody that we covered? I think it is. I believe so. uh, Obsidian and Alan Scott, Green Lantern. Yes. Alan Scott, Green Lantern. Go read New 52, Earth 2. Um, go read Infinity Frontier. Miss mm-hmm. Mala and Brain, Doom Patrol. Yeah, true. I mean, oh, um, what was uh, Carolina and Zavin, Runaways. That's where he Yes, the Runaways. Them. Literally, um, just it's it looks like an authority situation. Just read Runaways and you'll find them. They pop up pretty early. Bat, uh, Batwoman, Maggie Sawyer, Batwoman. Yep, there you go. Did we talk about? I don't think we talked about them. Um, but Greenland, yeah, and Obsidian and Damon Matthews, mm-hmm. Manhunter. Yeah, um, I believe. No, I was gonna say read Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's too large. No, don't do that. No, don't, Man, don't do Manhunter that. is what you want to read. Yeah. I mean, Obsidian shows up in Christ and Everything Earth, but that's too big. It's, it's also big. not focused on him either. It's not. You're right. Yeah, read Manhunter because um, he's a friend of Kate Spencer, who I mentioned earlier. That's how he meets Damon. There you go. And I believe that was all we talked about. Yeah. Before you missed anybody, please, please leave a comment and tell us so we can correct that. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing with the couples is, once again... They're all over the place. It's a little bit more disjointed, but and, and there's also not all. And honestly, even in all of comics, they're not all good representation. To be honest, no, they're not. They're not. We're just talking about some of the ones that we think are best representations that we have that we have read or we are familiar with. And if they as, were, if they didn't start off well, they've mm-hmm. clearly evolved to be. Better. They've developed well. Yeah, like Carolina and Zavin. They started off kind of amicably, but not well, and then they grow into this really nice couple. So. Mm-hmm. All right, that, is, that has been this episode of uh, The Forgotten Heroes. Join us next time for another combo character. <laughs>